0: Missionary Podcast coming your way, episode five ten. Steve and the Mops are joining me. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Good.
1: Ready to rock and roll, cowboy.
0: Today, we're going to be doing another pep time. Today, we're going to be doing Cermorelin, yes, or GRF1-29. We're going to talk about the doses, cycling it, the benefits, and the side effects that you can expect when you do it. So... GRF 1-29, SERMORELIN. it's originally known as tetra-substituted GRF, and it's a term used to identify 29 amino acid peptide analog of growth hormone releasing hormone, GHRH. A releasing hormone of growth hormone, GH. So it's a modified version of the shortest fully functional fragment of GHRH and it's often referred to as a growth hormone releasing factor 1-29 so they've abbreviated it to gra grf 1-29 or somorelin so that's how it got its name now the first 29 amino acids of ghrh were discovered as a equally potent as equally potent as its full 44 amino acid structure and that fragment became known as GRF-1-29. Due to the rapid metabolic clearance analogs of GRH, GRF, they were synthesized to enhance the biological activity and reduce the rapidly metabolic clearance. So in bodybuilding circles, we don't hear much about somorelin, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have its uses. So, Mobster, I'll bring, in, bring you in on this. Tell us your thoughts so far.
1: Yeah, as I said to Steve and, and the listeners in previous podcasts, one of the things that I've, I've advised people to do before is to go look at the original medical use, right? So you have to ask yourself why these peptides are created, why, as, as we're about to discover, the, the half-life on this is so short, and what would be the intended use? Now, obviously, the intended use, whether we like it or not, is not for bodybuilding or performance enhancement purposes, and so what I did with Stephen when we were doing a pre-show, and I said, "Listen, this is just crazy. Why does this even exist?" And I go away and look, and 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 in simple terms, I think uh, the medical use was for kids, and that's one of the things that comes up Google, and a v- very very short half-life, as Steve knows. Now we also know that with a lot of peptides, the reason why you're using a peptide over just straightforward old-fashioned growth hormone is because as often as not the same things with psalms as steve knows they've reduced the side effects that have come with the more uh broad shall we say version of the peptide the order compound so here's here's the reason basically it's got a crazy half-life which we're about to talk about and i think that was so that the side effects would be minimal when they were giving it to kids. And of course, they're giving it to kids with particular medical issues. But as per usual, it's going to be for, you know, kids that are having growth issues. They're, 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 they're super short. Sure. there's particular issues as the reason why they might have an ongoing medical uh, uh, problem that's uh, inhibiting their growth, uh, normal growth hormone release. And so th- that this is the reason why it's out there. We're also going to get into the use in uh, in the market today as well as the performance
0: enhancement sites. Back to you, Steve. So the bottom line is the root of the HGH molecule and that remaining peptide containing the first 29 amino acids is actually what is responsible for stimulating our pituitary response. Yeah. So the name sermorellin is the prescription drug name, and this alone is why it's so highly and widely prescribed by hormone replacement therapy clinics. So if you ever go to um, an HRT clinic, and they want to put you on testosterone, they want to put you on HGH, and they want to put you on peptides. They want to make as much money as they can off of you. This one is one of the more popular ones that they're going to hook you up with. If you're going to go down the peptide route, instead of using HGH, you might use sermorelin, or you'll use both. They'll want to put you on HGH, sermorelin, and testosterone, all three. And that stack is really really good for anti-aging so we're going to get into more about that in a second yeah mobster definitely jump in
1: yeah, one more thing i mean I, i've had buddies back in the day steve that were kind of almost chemical experts and when it came to steroids they could tell you where the carbon molecule was bonded and you know what, what what was changed between that and the next version guys we give you the technical names because if you as steve said if you go to an HRT clinic and they give you some Tamarellin, and you're more familiar with another version of the name, it can be confusing. And it, it, it is confusing, even, you know, for guys like us doing this podcast, where the item can be described in multiple ways. Uh, you know, and, and, and <laughs> did I get what I was asking for, Steve? Did, did the stuff that come in the post, is the stuff that come in the post the thing that I need it for? You know, so it's very, very confusing. So we make sure that we mention these in the podcast and we make sure that we mention in the associated articles and, and, and the show notes that we, we give you guys. So double check if you're not sure, especially with your source, use an approved source as always uh, via the forums. But double check with the names if you need to. Don't be uncomfortable asking or contacting the source to double check because there are, as right here, there's two easy names, but there are other names you're gonna get guys that confuse you with uh, amino acids and links and stuff like that. It, it's it can be confusing. That's the reason why we do this podcast. And that's the reason why we include the information. Again, it sounds complicated more than it needs to be sometimes. Better you, Steve.
0: All right. So, you know, the bottom line is it's a clean GHRH. And that's why it's considered one of the top ones that anti-aging clinics are gonna give. Well, you know, as Mobster mentioned, right up front, there is a downside to using it, um, and it's very unattractive to a lot of people, and it's what Mobster mentioned. Compare it to the Half-Life of ModGRF, CJC 1295 without DAC, is 30 minutes. Well, with Sir Morellin, the Half-Life is only 10 minutes,
1: so it's in and crazy. out
0: really, really quick. Crazy. It does bind quite effectively to the pituitary receptors, even though it's a very, very short window. Now, the other issue is that it's broken down by blood enzymes within minutes. So once it's in your body, your blood enzymes are going to start breaking it down. So this is why GHRH peptide with a half-life of 30 minutes or longer is desirable for a lot of bodybuilders. Because it's going to survive the blood enzyme death, and it's going to be able to circulate the body looking for hormone receptors to go ahead and bind to giving you what you're looking for out of these GH peptides that are out there. <laughs> so why would you want to use it if you're an athlete or a bodybuilder? Why use it over other peptides with much longer half-lives? Yeah. So but here's 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 the reason. And here's the way to use it. You you would use it, you'd work it into a multi-dosing protocol and you're going to use it with other long acting ghrhs or ghrp. So, we talked about on prior podcasts about ghrp's when we talked about how effective it is when you're using a ghrp and you're dosing it using a ghrh with it would make everything work much better and more smooth and give you so much better results. This is a perfect example of you throwing in throwing in the somorelin along with your GHRP, or along with a longer acting GHRH, and then you'll get basically really, really, really good results instead of just good results. And I think it's very important with these peptides. A lot of people run these peptides and they get disappointed with their results. And I think a big reason for that is you're basically not utilizing them to the greatest effect that you could be utilizing them. And that's something that needs to be worked on if you are going to be using them you need to take more advantage of them is is basically what I'm getting at some or yeah definitely jump jump in
1: so he, here's the thing and again it's one of those what occurs to you while you're looking at this and you go right I give this what, what, what the problem with the half-life Sam's kind of crazy Steve and if you're listening, you're going why would I use it so here's the thing half-life is essentially has it's been broken down into the body and become half as potent as it was before. And as Steve said, we're talking about 10 minutes for a half-life. We're talking about minutes for the blood to break it down. But did you hear what Steve said earlier when he was about binding to a receptor? The moment it binds to a receptor, one would imagine, Steve, this might even be one of those products it could potentially use uh, as a site. It will not site-enhanced, but it might link to the receptors in the site that you're injecting in. You're going to get the positive results you're going to get all the positives but very very quickly so it's in it's out super quick but if it's bound to the receptor that gives you the positive effects you're still going to get the positive effects and that again as steve said it's one of those situations where you go why and how would that work and you literally have to think it through so again super short half-life But if it binds to the receptor, you're still going to get the positive enhancements. You're still, and I'll list them here, Steve. Positive effects are, as with a lot of uh, GHRs and GHRPs, increased lean body mass, reduced fat, increased strength, improved recovery, better sleep, strengthening of the heart, enhancement of the immune system, and increasing IGF-1 production. Now, that's all the positives with a crazy short half-life. Just needs to bind to the receptor, Steve. And literally, I mean, the way that there's an analogy here, which is it literally needs to find a switch. It might only have 10 minutes to find a switch, but once it's hit the switch, boom, you're getting all those fucking great, amazing positive effects that you want just with a really, really short half-life. It's It sounds kind of negative, but it isn't. Because as long as you're getting those positives, that's exactly what you took it for. That's the reason why you injected it. That's the reason why you're giving this, uh, Peptide a consideration. Better you, Steve.
0: Another thing it does really well, besides the stuff that Mobser mentioned, was increasing protein synthesis. And we hear this term used a lot. And um, you know, you see this with anabolic steroids. People use anabolic steroids and they're able to build a lot more muscle and build a hell of a lot more strength. And that's the key reason why with anabolic steroids. It's it's they increase protein synthesis in the body. So it allows you to better neutralize. The nutrition and better utilize when you break down the muscle and the muscle comes back, you're better able to improve and get and get your muscles bigger and stronger. Well, this is what it's going to do really well. It's also going to promote an increase liver glucogenesis. And um, that's another that's another good thing. And um, you know, it does a lot of good things with the other internal organs as well. So But when it comes to, you know, liver glucogenesis, basically what happens is when you're doing a short-term fast, liver produces, releases glucose, and during that prolonged fast, then your glycogen gets depleted. So when you increase your liver, your liver glucogenesis, it's going to have definite effects when it comes in benefits, when it comes to, you know, your blood sugars and how you utilize your nutrition and become more insulin sensitive. So that's going to help you burn more fat in the process when you're, when you're definitely using it. So that's definitely a good thing. It's ability to increase IGF one in the bloodstream. It's only going to increase further increase the function of metabolism and new growth health cells and muscles. So it sounds really, really good. Also bones and also organs are going to become get more growth and new cells. And that's going to help promote growth in your system. So this is why a lot of these big time bodybuilders, they're on growth hormone. They're on these GHRHs and the CHRPs. They throw a lot of these at their body because they work. I mean they work at boosting your IGF one. They work at doing all this other great things in your body and they also help burn fat alongside it. And that's not something that you see with anabolic steroids. Anabolic steroids aren't going to directly help you burn fat, but these peptides can help you directly burn fat. And that is the advantage of these peptides over anabolic steroids for a lot of people. So mobster, uh, definitely yeah, jump in. Tell us your thoughts.
1: I'm thinking of something else here, Steve. I mean, as per the article we were using to uh, do this podcast from, uh, we mentions that the, uh, HRC clinics push, this particular peptide very heavily for the anti-aging right And so you go okay guys you're training to look good right and let's be honest steve brutal hard training and to some lesser degree steroids which allow you to do brutal hard training and even sometimes just pushing the sheer volume of food in is tiring it's and, and if it's tiring it's aging steve bangs the hammer many many times on the forums and articles about getting sleep and getting rest and then we know of course growth hormone enhances all the growth hormones and peptides enhance your quality of sleep, and that allows you to recover. Now, think about this just for a second: if super hard training is aging, and potentially looking at risk of injuries, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you start to look at growth hormone again, just for repairing of injury, repairing of tissue that you've broken down in the gym. But it's the, the one small factor which we don't really pay much attention to when we're talking about specifically bodybuilders up on stage, it ha- looking younger helps i mean to, to put it crudely and some of the top professional bodybuilders have said this themselves it is essentially a beauty competition if your hair looks good if your skin looks good and you have this fabulous genetic freaky physique that's been enhanced by performance and and drugs that's been enhanced by you absolutely killing it in the gym the simple fact of you having good young looking skin tightly wrapped over this amazing physique this crazy crazy muscles is a plus now steve and i are both familiar with the sport as a whole and you will see from time to time 50 plus even 60 plus and i've seen a couple of times these 70 plus bodybuilders male and female 50 plus for sure competed in certain uh, classes on stage and the reason they look so good is growth hormone. the reason they look so good is because they've looked after their skin They've kept out the sun. And the reason they look so good is nutrition with the healthy lifestyle and training. And they made themselves look that particular way just by the whole lifestyle that us are us involved in. Now, again, this is where a peptide, any growth hormone, uh, releasing hormone, is it's going to come in and it's going to do that. And you look again, what is the HRC clinic using it for? Why is it effective for those in the clinical situation for those patients? And can we get the same benefits? And the answer is yes. If we look good, if our skin looks good, if our skin's got that lovely elasticity that we kind of lose when we get older, but it comes back, if it starts to plump instead of being sort of wrinkled, and it's wrapped around a muscular physique, male or female, it's going to look good, Steve. So even the anti-aging applies to us when we've talked about performance enhancement. Back to you. So
0: let's get into how to use it, how to dose it. Now, just like other peptides, it's going to come in a Lyle fill phil- eyes powder. It's going to be like white powdery stuff in a, in a little vial. You want to make sure you get it delivered as quick as you po- as possibly can. Get it out of your mailbox as soon as you can. Put it in the refrigerator before and after you mix it. It's going to help it last longer. When you're reconstituting it, you can use sodium chloride or you can do backwater. And when you do that, you want to make sure that you're very careful when it comes to putting that liquid in that powder. You don't want to strike the powder with the liquid. You want to basically trickle it in the vial very, very carefully and very, very slowly. You don't want to shake it after it's done. You can roll it a little bit, but you don't want to shake it. And it'll mix on its own. Now, the way to inject it is you want to do one hour before your workout, 200 to 300 micrograms. And then another way to use it, and you can do this again, is you can take it before bed around 300 micrograms. So let's say you work out in the morning. I would dose before your workout an hour. I would do 250 micrograms approximately. And then that night before you go to bed, do about 300 micrograms one more time. And then that's going to work really good. Now, you're going to want to use it with another peptide, preferably a GHRP. So IPA is a really good one. We've talked about iparelin. We've talked about GHRP-6 and GHRP-2. Yeah. Those are ones. You can go back and listen to those. Those would be options to stack it with. <clears throat> and you're going to get the maximum release of growth hormone, which is what you want to do. So, you know, you add a lot of growth hormone in your body you're going to get a lot of the benefits some of the or you know the benefits you'll notice when you inject this stuff before bed is you're going to sleep hard and um there's been incidences with people who've actually wet their bed on this stuff because <laughs> you're used to waking up at night to pee right i know i do because i drink a lot right during the day a lot of us drink a lot during our workout. A lot of us drink like half a gallon of water just during our workout. So if you work if you work out in the afternoon after work, like most of us do, obviously gyms are most packed around 5, 6 o'clock for a reason, right? Yeah. And you're drinking a half a gallon of water during your workout because you're busting your ass. And then you go to sleep a couple hours later, three hours later, obviously you're going to have to piss that out. So there's been actually people who actually wet their bed because this stuff will knock you out cold. And you'll be sleeping so hard that you won't even get up to pee. So that's how, that's how, that's one of the benefits you'll notice on this stuff right away is you'll sleep so much harder. You won't need as much sleep on these peptides because you're going to sleep harder and you're going to sleep better. So I'd rather sleep a solid seven hours and sleep a lousy 10 hours. Yeah, You know, you'll feel a hell of a lot better and you'll recover a lot of it uh, better. So you could still benefit from using a GHRH like CJC-1295 with DAC and a GHRP like Ipermoralin throughout the day, and then you can utilize Sermoralin pre-bed time dose. So that is an option as well if you wanted to go that route. So it's really something that I would experience. If you are into these peptides and you're an athlete or you're a body builder, I bodybuilder, I would give this stuff a shot before you just – Decide, yeah, the half-life is too short. No thanks. I don't want to use it. But uh, I, th- I, w- I would give it a shot. I think a lot of people will be surprised at how beneficial this could be, not just to people who are into anti-aging, but also athletes. <laughs> Go ahead, Monster. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing of it is here, Steve, is there's a couple of ways, as you mentioned earlier on, that you can use it. And one would be using a longer acting, so half-life of half an hour, the workout and then a short acting one later on, you're still going to get the additional benefits of the back and forth, so to speak, even with the crazy, crazy short half-life because they're both going to attach to the receptors but the one in the morning is cleared because it's half an hour and then you're. that's when I would work out or even the one in the afternoon because if you're training at five, you're not hitting the sack till ten, that's still five hours, you've had four and a half hours to clear the receptors you certainly had four and a half hours but that half-life to reduce and then reduce and reduce and more by the time you come to take this one Something that Steve's done a big article on is, as I mentioned earlier on, sleep and recovery. That is super important. And when T- Steve talks about sleeping hard, basically there are two kinds of sleep. You, you have a light sleep and a deep sleep. I think, isn't it alpha and beta, Steve? I can't remember. Uh, and essentially, the, the the lighter stuff is when you dream. It's when you're tossing and turning. It's when you're likely to wake up for the pee that Steve refers to. The deeper sleep, which all the growth hormone peptides seem to enhance is essentially when the greatest amount of tissue recovery takes place. It's when the normal amount of growth hormone in your body is the greatest time for production. And, of course, that production is what's encouraging the deeper sleep. So like Steve said, if you had – I'm an older guy. I'm a little bit older than Steve, but Steve's the other side of 40. And, and you know, what happens when we get older is we don't sleep as well. As well as – we could fall asleep on a sixpence and say but say, I've, I fell asleep standing up at work one time, Steve. You're like, could I do that now? Never. I have to be in my own damn bed. So, me training like a crazy motherfucker, the better the rest I get, the more I recover. The, the more growth hormone my body produces when I'm having the deepest sleep, the better I recover. And the more crazy shit that I'm doing in the gym, the more likely I am to have injuries and tweaks and push fascia and push my connective tissues. So, anything like that enhances it. And, like Steve says, when we're talking about these peptides, peptides wasn't a thing. 15 years ago, growth hormone was the only one. 10 years ago, you barely started to hear about this stuff. Now, it is, it's is—it's almost the thing, Steve. It was like the legendary stuff that was coming out of the stuff in Dubai was the accessibility of those pros to gain access to peptides, literally in a chemist or a pharmacist, just down from the gym. And it was the one thing that people thought they were getting over and above everything else. And that's not entirely true, but it was certainly that they were having... Access locally to stuff that was pharmaceutically and clinically produced and it was kind of on their doorstep. So it became a thing. And obviously, if we started to listen to what was happening over there, we start to think about it in Europe, we start to think that in America, and we look at that stuff. And it's the reason why, as we talked about in a previous podcast, there are 250 plus pound freaks on stage. And if they're not common, they're way more common than they was before. So this is the reason why we see some of those things happening. It's why the crazy, crazy, crazy physique It's almost cartoonish. Uh, we see more of those than we've ever seen. I think there, a couple of years ago, Steve, the lineup, there wasn't a single person in the lineup. He wasn't 230. And you go back 10 years and that never happened. to be one or two. So this is the reason why, guys, when we talk about chemical warfare, when we're looking at peptides, we're looking for that edge in recovery and we're looking for that edge in over the other guy in the gym. And that's why we start to look at these things and we start to consider them and we say to ourselves, is it worth us using them?
0: One of the big things too is flexibility with this and and price. I mean, you can buy, you can buy this and take it. I could take it today before my workout and then I could take it today before I go to bed, right? And then just yeah. put it in my fridge and five days later, do the same thing. Take it before my workout, take it before bed. You don't have to take it every day for it to, to big give benefits to your body so a lot of people like that flexibility when you're using anabolic steroids they've got esters attached to them right most of them unless you're using a no ester or a suspension or something but most of the anabolic steroids we use have half lives so if you take take it you've got to take it on a schedule uh uh, 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 uh consistently and it's got to build up in your system to reach peak levels you know, and then when you stop using it, it's got to trickle out of your system. You got to wait for your body to recover and all this stuff. Now with this, these peptides, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about build, building it up in your system. You don't have to worry about it peaking your system. You don't got to worry about it coming out of your system, shutting you down, needing a PCT. You can run it, yeah. you know, as you wish. It's, it's flexibility. It's a difference between, you know, um, staying at a hotel. Some some business people. They travel the world and they stay in hotels. They go from one hotel to the other. They're not happy with the hotel. They're not happy with the, the you know their the service they're getting at the hotel. They just check out and they go to a different hotel and stay there. They got a maid service, they got a butler, they got room service, they got all the amenities they could need, pool, they have a gym and everything there, right? If you buy a house you know, you're stuck in that house to sell that house. It takes a lot to sell a house, you know, then you got to move your shit and all this stuff. So, I mean, it's the same thing as flexibility. So if you're someone who likes to be flexible and you're someone who likes, doesn't like sticking to a routine and doesn't like planning things, these, these, these peptides will work good. Now, the only downside of these peptides when it comes to flexibility is that you can't just stick the peptide in the fridge forever it's it's going to you know it's going to quickly become less effective over time so give it a month and you should go through the vial after you mix it and then even the unmixed vials you should use these peptides within like four or five months store properly in the fridge it's not like anabolic steroids where you can stick the anabolic steroids in your closet for five years and they're still going to be good to use so that's the downside when it comes to flexibility. So, monster, once you finish this yeah. off with your final thoughts, and take us in the disclaimer. Great show. I've just, I've just thought
1: of one more, Steve. <laughs> that super short half life. If I was going to take this before I went to the gym, I'd probably want to hit it in the car park. So we're back to those days, <laughs> literally in 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 the changing room, in the toilet of the gym, or something, because of the short half life. I'd walk out and I'd hit the gym straight away. So that that might be a potential issue. I say that, of course, because as I said earlier on, it's going to hit the receptors and you're still going to get the positives. But again, it's one of our. We talk about chemical warfare on these podcasts and we like to inform you, like I said before. And um, so you you think about again the usage and the ideal usage. What's the best way to use it? What's the best way to get the greatest results? So, for example, pre workout in my mind, Steve, it'd have to be right right just before. Now, I might have the advantage here in the UK that some gyms, not every gym, it has to be said, but some gyms I can do this kind of stuff. I can go into the toilet and, as we say here in Wales, be tidy, do my jab, put my stuff into a sharps bin, put it back in my bag, tidy up, make sure there's nothing in there, be respectful to the gym users and everybody else around me and come out and do my shit. Not every place that's possible, and again, you know, you're always going to get some crazy bastard jabbing up in the car park like we've heard back in the day in their car. And then you know throwing it over the back into the seat and cracking on i like, just not the way to do things guys and 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 ultimately it's not respectful for the gym and other users and whatever else and it and it creates a bad image and even the idea that we're using with performance and hearts and peptides can can be negative into the great world view but in reality we kind of almost study the science of this sport and the purpose of these podcasts is to kind of get into the nitty-gritty Of the science and the optimal usage and the best situation the greatest outcome and so the information we try to provide should be there and i think as steve said when he talks about flexibility is literally you have as you've never had it so good i think there's a lovely quote from from a uk prime minister back in the day steve you have never had the choice of peptides that you have right now and you've never had a greater accessibility to the information that we are providing you than you've had right now, ever, in history, ever, Steve. And for the listeners, never, ever, ever have you had the information and accessibility, performance science, drugs and peptides like you have right now. So we do these podcasts for that reason, to provide you that information, to give you the choices, and to make sure that you're informed and know exactly what you're doing and to get the best and most optimal results for you. Please note, we are not doctors and opinions on this podcast ours hours and ours alone. It is our view and based on our experience and views on the topic a podcast of informational purposes and entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.